This is the MLW Radio Network. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go maybe? way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Brocast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Okay, yeah, hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy Blackheart, the head honcho off the top roast podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here. OTTR headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever it is you get your podcast from with our with our latest last week of wrestling, after darts, under bosses hard taste, and now our new upcoming trivia game show wrestling every coming soon so if you like what you see you love professional wrestling you love independent wrestling you love everything about wrestling just yourself give us a tune you know you will not regret it blackheart out Welcome to another episode of the Freeland Five, brought to you by the MLW Radio Network and the Front Row Material brand for Thursday, March 31st, 2022. Hope everybody's having a great Thursday. It is the last day of the month. can't believe April is right around the corner, but you know what? The closer April comes, the closer WrestleMania comes. It's going to be a huge weekend in the world of wrestling. Starting off on Friday night, you're going to have the brand new uh, Ring of Honor, big show going on right there. We'll be talking about that. Rampage will be on. SmackDown will be on as well. And obviously Saturday and Sunday, you are going to have not only WrestleCon, but you're going to have WrestleMania Night 1 and Night 2. So many things to think about. Let's go ahead and let's take a look at the top stories that are trending at this hour across social media and on the various wrestling websites. Once again, these are all articles written by various writers in the wrestling industry let's go ahead and let's talk about this right now trending right now ryan clark is writing in this is from e wrestling news the undertaker who is going to have a big weekend with wrestlemania and getting inducted into the hall of fame discusses the infamous 1997 interview with vader now during a recent appearance on the shack wrestling podcast wwe hall of fame class 2022 inductee 
The Undertaker commented on his infamous interview with Big Van Vader on a talk show that was back in Kuwait in 1997. Now, for those who are unaware, the interviewer was questioning Vader on the legitimacy of pro wrestling, which led Vader to flipping over the table. Obviously, you can go on to YouTube and catch all of this stuff. So what happened in Kuwait? These are the comments from The Undertaker. And quote, if, you, if it had happened over there, I think it would have been a little more aggressive. But I'm trying to think. I think we might have been in Kuwait, he said. We were over there in the Middle East. I'm just sitting there thinking, I've got on my shades and I'm sitting here with the belt. Invader, I could see. I could see it coming a long way before it happened. And I'm thinking to myself, don't do it, Leon. Don't do it. He's going to do it. This is not going to be good. Now, on how you shouldn't put your hands on someone uh, else in a foreign country, the undertaker commented, he said, you don't know when you're in a foreign country what the ramifications of putting your hands on someone else is, right? You just don't know. So you don't put your hands on someone in that situation. Appreciate Leon, the fact that he was protecting the business, but there is a time when you have to be a little bit more vague and reserved. You can say things a little differently, but when you start putting hands on people, well, it hadn't turned out well for many people. And uh, remember that reporter that got slapped? Yep. Once again, just trying to protect the business. But you don't want to grab someone. Uh, on Jerry Briscoe, getting them out of Kuwait, he says, I remember them whisking me out when everything broke down. I remember Jerry Briscoe grabbing me and like saying, let's get in the car. We're getting out of here. I look back and I see Leon like, take, what do I do? I was like, I'll see you at the hotel, brother, because I'm getting pulled and I am physically getting pulled into a car before everyone got arrested. We just didn't know. I knew that he was going to be in a bad situation right away. He didn't leave with us. He had to stay there for a week after we all had left. If you want to check it out, you can go to YouTube right now. You can see the interview when WWE did a Middle East tour. And this is in 97 when Vader and The Undertaker were on a popular uh, talk show. Interesting. I had heard this story before. And, you know, we talked about the John Stossel thing once before on Front Row Material where D. David Schultz slapped uh, John Stossel and actually ruptured his eardrum. And it's wrestlers protecting the business whenever somebody outside of wrestling questions its legitimacy or its authenticity as far as it's being real or not. Um, but once again, Undertaker's right. Got to be careful when you put your hands on somebody. All right, let's go ahead into our next story. This is once again also from E-Wrestling News. Kurt Angle says actual wrestling is receding from wrestling this is by ryan clark as well during a recent appearance on the shack wrestling podcast wwe hall of famer kurt angle commented on how actual wrestling is receding from wrestling and how many wrestling moves don't actually hurt and more information on actual wrestling receding from wrestling kurt angle had this to say it's receding because a lot of these athletes now just do a bunch of sports Nothing really makes sense. It's more of a spot fest. They go out there and they do these impressive things. A couple of flips over the top rope onto the floor. Things that don't really tell a story. Psychology is the most important thing in wrestling. And you want to have great psychology and a good storyline. A good story is a baby face versus a heel. A baby face shine on the heel. The heel sells. The heel cheats. Gets the baby face down. 
gets heat on them. And then the heel gets heat on the baby face. The baby face makes a big comeback. Then you have a false finish and then the real finish. So you have to have certain psychology in wrestling if you're going to do it right. But there's a lot of matches now that there's no baby face and no heel. It's just two athletes going at it. And I think that's where we've lost a bit of our psychology. Uh, Kurt also touched upon on how many wrestling moves actually don't hurt at all. He says there are a lot of moves that really don't hurt. I mean, the most popular finish of all time, the Stone Cold Stunner, it doesn't knock you out, honestly. There are a lot of moves that if you're a real fighter in a real MMA fight and you've never watched pro wrestling and you just now start watching, you're going, what the hell is this? I'll give you an example, he said. When the heel gets the baby face down and the heel gets heat on the face and makes a comeback, starts fighting and making a comeback, and then he stops, runs the other way, hits the ropes, and comes back on the heel. Why would you run away from a heel when you're beating him up already? So there are a lot of things in pro wrestling that if you were a real MMA fighter, you would never do. The real MMA fighters actually think some of this is stupid. As far as wrestling spots that confuse him, Kurt would say, a spot where somebody is running the ropes and then someone leapfrogs, why would you? If you leapfrog somebody, somebody steps over you, you're going to stop and catch them and slam them. But there are things in pro wrestling, when I first started, I just didn't understand. I was like, that makes no sense. I don't understand why they would do a leapfrog or if you tackle someone and then you get them down and then the guy decides to hit the ropes. And then another guy gets back up again after you hit the ropes. I just didn't understand. It just didn't make sense to me. If you'd like to hear more comments that Kurt has to say about wrestling and psychology, definitely check out this article on eWrestling News. A fantastic journalist uh, by Ryan Clark has all of the details. Moving on, AJ Francis of Top Dollar says WWE never really gave him a fair chance to get over with the WWE universe. Ryan Clark is also mentioning at this hour during a recent interview with slow solo wrestling, AJ Francis, AKA top dollar in WWE commented on the hit row faction being never really given a chance to get over with the crowd, especially in such a short run they had in WWE and the possibility of the group, sometime reuniting in AEW or someone else. On the possibility of Hit Row returning and reuniting together in another promotion, maybe even AEW. In a quote, he says, I won't say that there's no chance, because there's always a chance. I mean, Swerve is there because Swerve wanted to do his own thing and more power to him. Swerve was the last person added to Hit Row. Swerve was a singles wrestler for 10 years before joining Hit Row. So when Hit Row ended in WWE, he wanted to go back to being a singles wrestler, and I had no issue with that because he's got a family to support. He got a he's got a pig to support too. So you know what? You got to get your money. Uh, like always in wrestling, you always have friends. There's a lot of friends over in AEW, and we're willing to stand over there with them given the opportunity. So that's that. Take advantage of the opportunities that are presented to you. Now, do I think Hit Row will ever be there? Nah, I don't. But that's not to know. I don't know that Hit Row would have been released when we were released. So you never know in the wrestling business. But at the end of the day, I'm very happy for Swerve. So 
interesting situation here on Hit Row. I, I liked Hit Row personally, but it was so short and brief. I didn't really get a chance to get attached to them because, as he said, it was here and then gone. Um, what are your thoughts on WWE starting a faction out or starting a character out and then all of a sudden bailing on it so quickly? I feel like that's something we've seen so many times in WWE before. You know, a character uh, is introduced and just isn't given enough time or a character comes up and they're either strapped with a gimmick that they didn't necessarily like. I know that we talked about yesterday, there was a former uh, NXT producer who says gimmicks are all a group decision amongst the producers and the talent itself. But look at Karrion Cross. There is no way you can tell me that Karrion Cross wanted to be dressed like he was. There's no way that he wanted to go out there and look the way he did. There is absolutely no way that the Viking Raiders wanted to look the way they were when they decided to change them. There's so many things that happen in WWE that I feel like in a lot of ways they often contradict themselves. I mean, take a look at the motivation. They went ahead and they completely changed Pete Dunne. Um, what are they doing right now with Elias? They're talking about wanting to change him as well. So I don't know. It's it's very confusing. I love wrestling, but WWE, it's one of these things that makes me want to not watch their product because it's so inconsistent. All right, let's go ahead on another big news. Kyle Dunning is writing in this hour. Charlotte Flair has commented on what she'd like to do once her wrestling career is officially over. This is with eWrestling News. Speaking for CBS Sports Shack Wrestling, WWE SmackDown Women's Champion, Charlotte Flair discussed things she'd like to do outside of wrestling after retiring from the ring, including things with her fiancé, Andrade El Idolo. Charlotte Flair stated, and a quote from Fightful, I really want to be in a Bad Bunny music video. Manny, also known as Andrade, and I have a few projects we'd like to work on together when things actually start to slow down. We want to do a hot sauce together. Charlotte Flair also added that she would like to star in a Marvel movie. She continued by saying, and I quote, I definitely want to be one day in an action movie or something like Marvel as the villain, of course. She thinks that would be awesome. Now, Charlotte is scheduled to defend her title on Saturday, April 2nd against Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania 38, night one. The event will be held at the AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, and it will be broadcast live on Peacock. Well, to this, I will say she definitely, being with WWE, will have the connections to have a post-wrestling career. I, I do not think that there's going to be an issue at all. She's got the look. She's got the physical abilities. She has the charisma. I think once she's officially done, I think she will definitely be able to go ahead and um, have opportunities outside the wrestling world, much like John Cena did, much like Batista did. Um, CM Punk had opportunities, and he did movies as well. The Miz did stuff before. So there's a lot of people who've succeeded and done things because of their exposure and involvement with WWE. All right, let's move on to our next story. Bianca Belair praises Triple H for everything he did for her career. Kyle Dunning also is writing at this hour. During an 
recent interview in My Mom's Basement with Robbie Fox, WWE superstar Bianca Belair spoke highly of the impact Triple H had on her career and how much he's contributed to her success. Here are some of the highlights via Fightful. Triple H was in NXT, the first person to put me on the main stage and the first person to actually believe in me. He's been a huge part of the development of who Bianca Belair is. He was the first person to give me affirmation. That is what made me who I am today. He's been a part of every single one of my big moments. The pictures that I've been in on social media. The first women from the May Young Classic. The second one was he told me you don't get to have your time in NXT because it's going to be somewhere else. It's going to be on Raw. He had confidence in me. The next picture was that I won the Royal Rumble in 2021. And the fourth picture was that I posted was when I won the main event of WrestleMania. Bianca Belair has had so many positive things to say about Triple H. And obviously, he will continue to be a big part of WWE. Uh, Triple H recently announced about a week ago that his in-ring career is over because he has a, a defibrillator, which has actually been implanted into his chest. We are excited for Bianca Belair, and I wish nothing but the best for her. Are you a Bianca Belair fan? Love to know what your thoughts are. Hit me up on social media. Women's wrestling is very hot right now. She's got a great gimmick. She's got a great look in the hair whip. Oh, my gosh. If you've seen some of the pictures um, that Becky Lynch has posted on what those lashes look like, it's pretty insane. All right, Andrew Ravens is also reporting at this hour. Yep, the Cody Rhodes of WWE. Well, if you didn't think it was going to happen, here's even more reason to believe it is. WWE Shop is now selling new Dusty Rhodes merchandise ahead of Cody Rhodes' return. Now, WWE Shop has uh, conveniently gone ahead and started releasing more Dusty Rhodes merchandise. His son Cody is reportedly returning to WWE at WrestleMania 38 to the surprise of his opponent, Seth Rollins. Now, Cody left AEW last month after he signed a new deal to return back home, many are saying, to WWE. The merchandise that's out right now is the Marquee Classics, and they are two shirts that are coming out right now, and uh, they actually look really good. Now, it should be noted that WWE had Dusty Rhodes' merchandise on sale for quite some time, and they've been using his name as the annual NXT Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. But many believe within the company that this is yet a precursor to his son coming back home. All right. Andrew Ravens from E-Wrestling News is also reporting at this hour. There are talks for Paul Heyman to host a WWE podcast. Paul Heyman spoke about doing a podcast, possibly, during a recent interview with Sports Media with Richard Dench podcast. He noted that there is a concept that they are currently talking about with WWE. He said, and I quote, I think I'm self-censored anyway because there is so much to say on any subject and so much, only so much time I have to say it. I don't know that there's any uh, diplomacy involved in what I have to say, but I'll be honest and I'll just say it. It does no good to discuss anything and to go in depth when you really can't say what you want. I have been dabbling with an idea of a podcast since 2010, maybe 2011. I was inches away from doing one with Ariel Helwani. This was before I returned to WWE. He would cover mixed martial arts and I would cover pro wrestling and sports entertainment. And then we never got the deal 
done. However, there's always another chance. There is a concept for it now, though. It would be with WWE. It would be uncensored by them. Free reign. It's being talked about now. It's not the first time we've talked about it. We've talked about it multiple times over the past few years. And I'm not going to do it unless it's done right. It would have to be done right. So what would your thoughts on Paul Heyman having his own podcast associated with WWE? Would you listen to it? A lot of podcasts out there, a lot of wrestling podcasts, and there's only so much time during the day to digest all of this. But I think it would be interesting. It would be very interesting to see what Paul Heyman would have to say. All right, Andrew Ravens also is reporting at this hour. Arn Anderson opens up on how Cody Rhodes' AEW exit affected him. So Andrew Ravens is reporting. Arn Anderson spoke about Cody Rhodes leaving AEW on his adfreeshows.com exclusive episode on the Arn podcast. Now, Arn had been paired with Rhodes as his manager on television. Rhodes noted uh, that Arn had played a big role in his life. And Arn noted that Rhodes' departure left him in limbo. He also noted that he is currently not under contract anymore as a coach with AEW. Here is his comments. Now that there is no longer a Cody, I'm no longer a coach, technically, Anderson said. Any young guy in the back that has a question or wants to ask for my advice, it's not my job because I'm considered talent, but I will help any of the guys, even veterans for that matter. I had a couple of nice discussions with CM Punk since he's been back, and he would ask my opinion on various topics. Arn would go on to say, so I've got a lot of experience. That's just my job to be quite honest with you even though i respect how much they call them coaches with aew and how important they are as far as their wisdom the bj the jerry lynn's the dean malinko's the billy guns who are assisting these young talents on trying to figure out what to do and how much to do with them as far as getting dialed in and also dustin rhodes's huge influence on these young guys as well Right now, I'll be honest with you, I'm kind of in limbo, basically just being there uh, with Brock supporting him. We're at all the TVs. The fact that we're not on TV a lot of times is we're still there and he's just watching and learning. He does AEW dark matches, and I hope for the fans know that they can see him there. That gives these young kids some reps that they normally wouldn't get, and it's in front of a TV audience, and that lets guys support them and critique them in their progress. So, Aaron Anderson's contract as a coach is no more. He is just considered a talent under AEW. What will he do? Do you think Aaron will decide to stay with AEW? Do you think if an opportunity came up, he would go back to WWE? Interesting. Not really sure what Arn would do at this stage of his career, but once again, he's a great mind, and we wish him all the best. Also reporting at this hour from E-Wrestling News, and this is, once again, Andrew Ravens, news-breaking machine. On the latest episode of the DDP Snake Pit podcast, Diamond Dallas Page remembered the late Scott Hall, who recently had passed away. Now, DDP noted that Skull, Hot Skull's passing uh, took a toll on Kevin Ash because they were so close. In a quote, Page said, We took it really hard, really hard, DDP admitted, but Kev, he took it even worse. Like, he took it super hard, really hard, and it was tough. The last week or so has been really tough on Kev. DDP thinks, in his own opinion, that Nash will focus his energy on helping his son, meaning Hall's son, 
Cody Hall as he attempts a comeback in wrestling. A quote from DDP. I think there is definitely something there for sure. And Kev, you know, he's going to really reach out. And you know, because Kev works very damn hard and he loves it. He works wherever he can for the promoters. He knows them all. And Cody and I were talking about it. I had his sister and Scott's brother, Jeff, over for dinner when they were in town here. I said, Cody, I think there's a future for him out there. I think the timing is everything, and he's done his time. So, interesting enough, a lot of people have mentioned the relationship between Scott Hall and Kevin Nash over the years and how much they are such good friends. And I guess you really don't understand until somebody's gone what type of impact they had on your life. It's um, It's tough. It's really tough. Stefano Bergardi writes in at this hour at E-Wrestling News. Mr. Jay Lethal is hoping that Tony Khan's purchase of Ringer, Ring of Honor leads to more jobs. Now, Jay Lethal recently spoke with Boston Open Radio where he shares his opinions on AEW President Tony Khan as it relates to his purchase of Ring of Honor. Jay hopes that this is an opportunity for more of his colleagues to get a good deal. In a quote, Lethal says, I was more shocked when it was going away, only because financially that was my bread and butter. I was more of a shock to me to find out, now you don't have a job. It was definitely unbelievable when I heard that Tony Khan had bought it. The coolest thing to me is, throughout all the years of Ring of Honor, it has always been there, and it felt like a cult-fighting club. If you don't know about it, then you weren't cool enough to take advantage of it and actually be one of our fans. Only the cool and knowledgeable wrestling fans knew about Ring of Honor, and they dictated what they thought was the best in the world. You know this guy on television is great, right? You have to see this guy. He's in Ring of Honor, that he's really carried them through all these years. Even though Ring of Honor has struggled over the years uh, to become one of the larger promotions, it's been mainly seen as more of an underground uh, rock band out there that sometimes they decided to stick out. Now that Tony Khan owns them, it's really more now than ever a time for more people to get a chance to start working. Now, while under contract with AEW, Jay Lethal will return to Ring of Honor tomorrow night to face Lee Moriarty at Super Card of Honor. Why we are on the topic of Super, Super Card of Honor, so many great matches are going to be taking place. Let's go ahead and let's talk about some of these things. The first match that we had mentioned before is going to be Jay Lethal versus Lee Moriarty. This is something that uh, I feel like a lot of fans are a big, big fan of Lee. He's really worked hard on his character. He's worked really hard on his in-ring performance as well, and he deserves this. I think there's no doubt whatsoever that he absolutely deserves a big shot. Jay Lethal, once again, has done amazing things in his career. He's a veteran. So what will happen when both of these men collide? We're just going to have to wait and see. Well, there's so many things going on with Ring of Honor as well. They're also going to be having a big meet and greet. So you will be able to meet the wrestlers, and that's going to be down in Dallas as well. So if you are heading down to Dallas, by all means, check out the big Ring of Honor show that is going to be happening uh, this coming Friday night. Hit me up on social media as well. Let me know what your thoughts are and tell me if you are a big fan of Ring of Honor. 
you know, I saw Ring of Honor back in the early 2000s, and I got to see CM Punk and Samoa Joe. I got to see a lot of, I got to see Brian Danielson as well. So I got to see a lot of these guys, and it was really, really exciting to see so many big stars um, right there. And, and little did I know that they were going to become one of the biggest attractions, some of these guys that I've ever seen. So let me know. Let me know how you feel about Super Card of Honor. I think it's going to be a really good show. All right, let's go ahead and let's talk a little bit more about uh, Dallas. Are you heading down there? I talked to a lot of different people on social media, and they said that they are going to be heading down to Dallas. Now, WrestleCon's going on as well. I'm excited about WrestleCon. Uh, we went over the prices of what those are going to be, and uh, it doesn't look like it's going to be cheap at all. It, it definitely looks like it's going to be quite expensive. So if you're heading down there, I think you most definitely are going to want to make sure you take your wallet because, man, this is not going to be a cheap weekend. Also, let's talk about the other ones that are going to be happening right here as well. So outside of Super Cotter of Honor, there's a lot of other promotions that are going to be happening. So some of the other promotions um, that will be going on, they will also be held in the Dallas area. So if you're looking to go ahead and find some really good wrestling promotions, definitely check them out. Specifically for Super Card of Honor, you're going to have the following. Mercedes Martinez versus Willow Nightingale. And this is a match to determine the interim Ring of Honor world champion. Josh Woods, who's the champion, is going to be taking on Wheeler Yuta. And this match is for the Ring of Honor Pure Championship. Jay Lethal takes on Lee Murarty with Matt Seidel in a singles match. Swerve Strickland is going to be taking on Alex Zane. The Briscoe brothers, Jay and Mark, they're, they're going to be taking on FTR, Dax Hardwood, and Cash Wheeler. Tag team championships are going to be on the line. And finally, in the main event, Jonathan Gresham takes on Bandito. Winner takes all to determine the undisputed Ring of Honor world champion. That is going to be an absolute colossal unbelievable pay-per-view that's going to be taking place at the Curtis Caldwell Center in Garland, Texas. Now, it'll be the 15th event Supercard of Honor uh, in its trilogy, and you are not going to want to miss it. Tickets may still be available on the secondary market, but if you're going to go, you might want to go ahead and get your tickets as soon as possible because tickets are going to be going fast. So, the Class of 2022 Hall of Fame you have the Steiner brothers, you have the Undertaker, you have Queen Charmel. Is there anyone that's going into the Hall of Fame right now that you think might have a hot mic in their hand and may say something unexpected? A lot of people currently right now on social media are talking and also insiders are talking about how closely they're going to have to monitor um, Scott Steiner as far as being able to say certain things when he gets his Hall of Fame induction. Some people are concerned that he may take this opportunity to say something a little too colorful. All right, let's go ahead and jump over to Wrestling Inc. Tony Storm, she officially debuted on AEW Dynamite this week. This is written by Mark Middleton. Uh, she debuted last night, which was a big deal. Storm defeated the Bunny in the first qualifying match of the Owen Hart a foundation women's tournament. AEW tweeted after the match, welcome to the team, hashtag Tony Storm, she is all elite. 
Now, if we remember, Storm requested her release in late December, and it was granted. She became a free agent after her 90-day no-compete had happened, and it expired on Tuesday, and Storm was then ready to go on AEW on Wednesday. Are you excited about Tony Storm being in AEW? I think she's a phenomenal wrestler. I'm very excited to see her and what she brings to the women's division. I think she's going to do big things. All right, Mark Middleton is writing in at this hour. Michael Cole talks about his hearing loss and praises for Pat McAfee. Once again, Wrestling Inc. Mark Middleton is writing at this hour. WWE SmackDown commentator Michael Cole recently appeared on the Press Box podcast and talked about his hearing losses and how he's had to deal with it. Nothing he has had to wear with special molds at the announcer's table so far. Things have changed for him. Obviously, having to wear certain devices have changed the way he calls matches. Now, we noted back in November how Cole appeared on the Pat McAfee show and revealed that he's at about 65% hearing loss. In a new interview, Cole talked about how more of his hearing loss has also occurred and how he gets through WWE tapings. In a quote, Cole says, Yeah, I need to hear myself when I broadcast. And it has to be loud, Cole said. I think over 25 years of doing it, it's just deteriorated the hearing where I have these special molds that have been made for my ears that they can work. I wear my headset over it and it increases the volume of what I can hear hear during the show. So it's almost like your hearing aid, but for wrestling ringside commentators. Cole has been with the company for over 25 years He has taken over the throne that was once held by Jim Ross, who departed WWE, decided not to sign an extension to a contract, and he moved over to AEW. All right, that is going to do it for all of the main stories that are happening as of right now. I know there's going to be more that will be coming out. We'll go ahead and we'll talk about those on tomorrow's show. Now, keep in mind, download from our material podcast that's going to come out each and every Friday along with Future Stars Now, where I sit down and talk to all different wrestlers and wrestling personalities and other people associated with the wrestling industry each and every week. You can find it wherever you get your fine podcasts. All right, that's going to do it for the show. Hope you're enjoying your Thursday, and we'll catch you next time on the Freeland Five. The world of MLW Radio never stops.